Well, we will say good morning to you all. Welcome to uh, Amara Baptist Church Sunday School. For those of you who may not be familiar with me, John Custer is my name. And we are going to have a treat, a thrill. And we're going to learn as we're going to go through the book of Revelation. What, what I titled this series is Revelation by way of the Old Testament. And in a way that the concept of Everything God has ever said has been said before. There is nothing new. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Jesus said, Lo, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. And we come to do thy will. And so we're going to see that in numerous references over and in and out. And we're going to slide back and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, in and out of the Old Testament. And we're going to cover as much ground as we can over the next few months. I thank you, Scotty, for relinquishing and allowing me this time. To share your class, and for that I say thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. And what we're going to do is just begin to kind of start taking a little outline of Revelation a little bit and show it. But again, the theme will always be the Old Testament. It's always the Old Testament. And one of the first things that we have to learn about Revelation, it is it is God's plan. It, God has said this. It's ultimately we call it the day of the Lord, of all the judgments that come. But those come in the back of the book, the beginning of the book. We're going to see is for us. It's here now because we're going to see time and again those things that are, which were and are and shall come. It's always the past, the present, and the future. And we're going to go through general topics and themes of that. But as we get into Revelation, we're just going to see it's about Jesus, and it's always about Him. Everything is about Jesus. Our worship of Jesus. We're going to see how we have to worship Him. And we're going to see as we go through the churches, um, chapters 2 and 3, of what God is expecting of us. And we're going to see a lot of stuff. And again, there's nothing new under this sun. Everything that is said is from the, back from Genesis all the way through the prophets. We're going to extensively see Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Zephaniah, Joel, and Zechariah. Those are a lot of the really prophetical books. That'll bring us through, but that, that's going to take time. It's going to just take some time to work our way through. But the first thing we always have to make time for, and that is prayer. And because without God, we can't do a thing. We're just up there on a tinkling bell and a clacking cymbal. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, Lord, in awe of you, Lord. We thank you for that you've given us another day upon your earth, Lord. It's your creation. And Lord, not unto us, Lord, but unto thy name give glory. And even now this morning, Father, as we go through this word, through your word, Lord, that you'd open us our eyes. And Father, as we hear time and again, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Lord, we want to hear from your Spirit. We know you expound all things to us. And with that, we just praise you. And I thank you for wisdom. Lord, you have all wisdom. And you said, if any man lacks, I ask of you. And I do ask of you, Lord, for thy wisdom. For this, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, not only just for us, but, Father, for the other teachers, Lord, that you give them wisdom and grace this day, that your word would go forth, that this church would be known for your word, that we would praise you and we hold fast to your word. And for this, Lord, we thank you, in Jesus' wonderful name. Well, we begin in Revelation chapter 1. It starts out just the opening solve, the revelation of Jesus Christ. What more do we need to know? Revelation means it's an unveiling. It's a general unfolding. It's, it's 
something that takes place over the course of time. Always like it's clouds develop. They just keep unfolding. Keep up. And we're going to see that as we go through the chapters. And I'm going to and take a second and just kind of surmise real fast through the chapters what we're going to see coming up. Because God just has a plan. And, and as you read the book of Revelation, at first you read it and it's kind of hard. It really doesn't make no sense. Then you read it again. Still hard and doesn't make no sense. Read it again and it's harder. But it starts making sense. And then you read it again. And you read it again. And you read it again. And that's what I've been doing. And I do not for one second claim that I know and see that whole picture. It is so kind of compartmentalized at the same time. It's a massive picture. But as we go through this together, hopefully we're going to see God's hand, his unfolding, and his development. But it's always about Jesus. And that's one thing we forget. In this day and age, we forget sometimes to worship the Lord. And we say, no, we're coming here to worship. Well, are you? It's always about a heart. It always has been. When we read the judgments of all the prophets and all why God took away Israel and he took them out of the picture for the moment. We will see Daniel 70 week. God has a clock and it stops like time of the Gentiles and it's going to be pick up. We've heard the term the 70th week of Daniel. And there's so much in there. There's just so much we have to see. But we only way to start is let's just go down this list. And I'm, I'll beg your forgiveness in advance as I'm putting myself in a new style to go down the line and try to keep me on the track of the rails so I don't slide to the left or slide to the right, which I love to do because the Bible's so big. It's easy just to get lost in it sometimes. But we start with the introduction. We, we're going to see that this was written by John the Apostle. There, there's no doubt about that. I mean, critics, little criticize. I, I don't have time for critics or false things of God or false doctrines. We just deal with the truth of the Lord said. But John wrote it. And we a couple ways we know is if you look into this introduction on the outline, we're going to see John is the only one in the Bible to call Jesus the Lamb of God. And what are we going to see in Revelation? We're going to see the Lamb in all of his glory. We're going to see the Lamb. I'm going to push a button and oh, I bet it works better. See, there you go. Oh, yeah, I gotta find my footing a little bit. But we're gonna see John calls him the Word. In the beginning was the Word. We know John chapter 1. We know when John the Baptist came, said, Behold, the Lamb of God. We're gonna see that not only was Jesus was the Lamb of God, but he was a sacrificial lamb. He was the Lamb that was slain from the foundation. Well, when we see the priesthood, but we're gonna see part of that as we go down in, in, in Revelations. Um, Chapter 1, verse 6, where he says, And he hath made us kings and priests unto God. He is our high priest. Jesus did everything. In time, we're going to see some of the temple sacrifices, how they pointed to Jesus. And, and if you just want the classic example of the Lamb of God, remember when the Lamb, the Passover Lamb, remember there were two of them? You had the, the one would be released into the wilderness, one was sacrificed. Give us Barabbas, the world said. There's the lamb that was released. And the lamb that was slain for the foundation of the world was Jesus. We're going to see that he is that lamb. He fulfills all the priesthood. He fulfills everything. All the Old Testament, all the tabernacle, and the temple, everything is Jesus. It all points to him. So in time, we're going to see that. So now that's we're going to see, we know John wrote it. As you read it, we're going to see a lot of words in Revelation that are going to repeat it. Time and time again. And I put a little list here. Some we're going to see about Hades and hell. 
We're going to see what God has to say about it. There's just time again. Who has it? Remember in Revelation 1.18? I am dead and alive. I have the keys to death and hell. Who's in charge of death? Who has it in his hand? No one but Jesus. We'll start seeing that. We're going to see words almighty. Lord God almighty. I'm going to take you through words, through numbers. The book of Revelation probably has more numbers than any other book. And I don't mean chapter numbers. What's the first number you can always think of in Revelation? Anybody? What's one number you can think of? Seven. Seven? Very good. Seven is all up and down the book. One. You know something? That might not be a number that's there. No, it is. Because there is only one, and his name is Jesus. But we're going to see seven. Some other number. What's another famous number we've heard? The association. Seven. Hmm? seven. Okay, well, she got seven. Give me another number. Oh. Just Revelation. Eight. Eight? Eight is in there, but I mean some of the famous numbers. Can you say six, six, six? Six, six, six. How about this one? 144. How about 12? We're going to see these numbers. And, and if I have time, uh, you know, it's, again, it's a radical, but it is so fascinating. Because this book, the Bible, God's mind is so beyond ours. And when we start thinking, some of the numbers that are always symbolic, the number four represents the earth. The number five represents grace. The number six represents man. Number seven is complete. It is finished. It's done. What happens after seven? We start new. Number eight. You know number eight is the name of Jesus? And again, I'll just... I'm going to keep backing up and sliding forward backing up. I'm going to have to throw, throw out so much stuff sometimes that I don't have time to stop and back it up. But if you have any questions, any concerns, any comments, pastor's office is right over there. No, just... <laughs> if you have any questions, because I'm I'm just going to go and go and go. And when they start this numerics, there's just so many. Things. Here's what I always say about the Bible. It's almost like you just, it's a ball. If you hold, No matter how you turn it, how you spin it, how you look at it, what verse you look at it, what angle you come at it, how you see it in the Greek or the Hebrew or even the Aramaic, it all points to one thing, Jesus. And we see him from every angle and every line. But some of the words, we're going to see the devil. Oh, the devil, oh, we're going to find out he loses you know, the more I'm learning this, the more I learn. Just don't waste your time with that. And yet we find people all the devil, this, the devil, that. You know, remember old Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make it, you did it. Now, yes, he does inspire people and stuff, but that's another day, another time. We're going to see the New Jerusalem. You know, New Jerusalem, what, what, what is our ultimate goal? Heaven. What is our reward? heaven. Some of us are getting up there in years and seem like heaven's just getting a little bit closer. Doesn't that bring you joy? Peace? Because I know when I was younger in my faith, I'm not really thinking so much about heaven because I'm too busy working, my family and other. I'm always thinking about the Lord. I'm always living alone. But heaven wasn't really in my psyche per se. But once you face death once or twice, all of a sudden heaven becomes a little more precious. And we're going to see when promises of heaven when when as we go through the churches all the promises god commends us condemns us condemns us commands us and he promises us great joy what's going to happen to us 
So heaven's a good thing to look for. Another thing we're going to see is Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega is just the beginning, the end. And this term, and we're going to experience that. We're going to see in Isaiah, God uses that term for himself many times. And over and over again, numerous times, and then just as we go through chapter 1, we're going to see Alpha and Omega, Alpha and Omega, Alpha and Omega. What that God is saying is, there's nothing before me, there's nothing after me. It's it. It's complete. It's done. Alpha and Omega, he's, he's the beginning and end of He's of all the numerics. And I'll throw this tidbit out there for you, just since we're on numbers, and I'll try to keep throwing numbers from time to time. The number 666 in Revelation, when we see that, when it says, here is wisdom, the number of a man. Well, if you take all the numbers that the Roman, the Roman which was the number of the writing at the time, you know, X, Y, I, D, L, M, whatever, out of all the Roman numerals, guess what they come out to? <laughs> Devil's man, 666. Just, again, don't make doctrine. They never build a doctrine on that, but it's just these little chips that just keep chipping away to show you how great and mind and powerful our God is. But we're going to see these words as we go through numerically. And there's a lot of scriptures here. Whatever time, I'm just going to pass them. There's basically three ways you look at this book. you got the critics in the world, the liberal view, and it's all anagrized, spiritualized, and none of it's true. It's all pretend and fantasy, and it's good versus evil. And yeah, it is. But that ain't, that ain't God's plan. If we have a God that made the heavens split-second action, God said, let there be light. God said, God gave us his Bible before the foundation of the world to the very exact day, part of, part of the seven weeks of Daniel, when the timing comes, that Jesus came into the temple exactly as the Bible predicts. Jesus was killed on what day? Passover, the 17th in the sun, exactly when the Passover was done. A couple side notes on that particular day that's kind of interesting. When did Noah go into the ark? Ain't that Passover back then, but why that same day of the month? 17th day. 17 is generally a day of a number of redemption. When uh, Abraham sacrificed Isaac, lo and behold, how, did, how do you have these coincidences? And then the, where Isaac sacrificed, or Abraham offered Isaac, was the city of David. Literally, same spot where Jesus came. The Bible's amazing, but these are separated by thousands and thousands of years. All on the exact day, at the exact time, at the exact moment. God makes no mistakes. He makes none. But so we, we, we can uh, interpret it kind of historical. You know something I forgot this one? Words. Let's see when I had all the words. Now we'll go this one. Be three basic interpretations. Again, you can make it pretend. You can analyze, spiritualize it. But something I just found in, 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 in my Christian life as I study this word, take the Bible literally. It does mean what it says. Now, of course there's times that, you know, ye are salt and oil. Well, technically we are. Our body's got, you know, salt in it. But see, there's a lot of analogies. We're going to see in a lot of times you do spiritualize them, but they're always spiritualized via the Old Testament, which we'll interpret. And we're going to see some of these analogies as God brings them out to us. By the word kings and priests and just many statements he couldn't make. I take the very literalist view that I possibly can in the book of Revelation. Because when it when it's not, when it's excuse me, when it's not meant to be, we will know it. We're gonna see it. So 
I take it with little. And what we're going to see as we go on, Jesus starts, and I'm going to read this whole chapter in a minute, and we're going to just start picking pieces apart from it and slide our way through, all the way through this book. But I take it little. God said what he means. God doesn't hide nothing from us. But you know what? You know something that we find out? That how do you interpret this book? Remember the Bible, Jesus said that he spoke in parables. That those not without, <coughs> seeing they would see, they don't see. Hearing they hear, but they don't hear. Jesus spoke in parables and analogies. But one thing Jesus always did to his people. In the Bible, if you read back, it says, and he expounded all things to them. Take a second, just to sit this real fast. During the crucifixion, or, uh, crucifixion, turn to Luke. Luke 25, I believe. 24, 25. Luke 25, 24. I'm sorry. Remember when Jesus came back? Remember the two the, on the road to Emmaus? Jesus is walking with them. And they're talking, hey, you don't know what's going on? Explain, Jesus explaining the times. And the Bible says that he went from Moses to the prophet and expounded all things. Okay, but in Luke 25, this is with his disciples. After he came back one of the times, he's making his visit. And John, he had already told him, receive the Holy Spirit. But look at uh, Luke 24. Um, let's see, we'll pick it up in verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I speak unto you. What's God given us in Revelation? What's Jesus given in Revelation? He's revealing himself, speaking to us some more. While I was wet yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. What must be fulfilled? Everything. Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. When you read Leviticus and all the sacrificial, all that is fulfilled in Christ. So he's telling them this. And then the prophets, Isaiah, Daniel, Joel, everything the prophets taught us, all pointing us to that day of the Lord. There's coming a day, pointing to the millennium, pointing to Jesus ruling forever. And in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning who? Me. Jesus is telling them, this is what, look, the book, it's written in Hebrews when it says in the Bible of the book, which is quoted from the psalm. But verse 45, look at verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. See? God gives understanding. To him that seek, more be given. To him that wanted, more have. But the Bible also says that that what he seems to have should be taken from him. So it's how you handle the word of God. You know, back to Revelation. So we just see that, that Jesus himself is the one that will help us interpret this. And then even Revelation will interpret itself as we go. So we're going to see different meanings of different basic interpretations of the book. But as we get on, we get going, we're going to see that this book was concealed. See, John tells us that the time is at hand. We start reading Revelation. Right? And I want to read, I just want to still outlining and as we go. Excuse <coughs> me. The book is to be revealed. It's not to be hidden no more. It's to be told. And you know what else to be told? We're going to see the Bible tells us, blessed. This is one book that we are told we're getting the blessings from. And I find that the more I read, the more I get the blessing. But see, we have 
John tells us in the Old Testament, we see that for the time is at hand. The word is curious. It points to a time, an occasion, particularly that is coming. The season. We know winter, spring, summer. We know fall is coming. Remember, Jesus gives us that as a sign. That when you see these things come to pass, when you see this, when you see that when the trees are falling or the tree or the leaves are growing, when he said, learn the parable of the fig tree and all the trees, when you see the leaves, we know when spring is coming. Cherry blossoms, right? The, the trees tell us when the seasons are here. Bible tells us the seasons are here. So it's a time and event. But what did he tell Daniel? We're going to see back in Daniel. If you look at Daniel 8 24 and 8 26, when the, the um, angels were giving Daniel a revelation, Daniel's wondering. And in Daniel 8 26, it says, The vision of the morning and the evening. You know, sometimes we got to study God's word even a little longer. Was told true, therefore, shut thou up the vision. And what the vision he's having is we're going to see described in Revelation. All the visions of Daniel's, the beast and the false prophet and the kingdoms and, and the, the, the four kingdoms and Alexander the Great and all the conquering and all the prophecies that God give, we're going to see. But God said, shut them up. That's why so, for so long and so hard we just don't really understand the Bible. But as we're getting here in the latter days, God is revealing more and more and more and more, more and more evil. At the end of the book in Daniel, Daniel 12, he says, And I heard, but I understood not. You ever have a problem with the Bible? You ever hear things you just don't understand? You're going to hear things, and I hear things I don't understand. But he said, Oh, Lord, what shall the end of these things be? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed and sealed till the time of the end. See, God, over the course of time, a lot of times the book was closed. But now in the latter days, it's coming. We're seeing more and more between the knowledge. Remember when Daniel makes a statement, knowledge shall increase to and fro? You know, it's a proven fact. Knowledge is now doubling every couple of years. What, what I get off this phone, in five seconds of working this phone, took years to look it up sometimes. What I can do is amazing. The power and the technology and so much information now is condensed. With this laptop, I click a couple things and I have root words expounded, you know, back as far as I can even understand. Just by a click of the mouse. Knowledge is so much increasing. So is our knowledge of the Bible. As we get going, we're going to see that this message, it comes from God. And we know that. We know it comes from the Lord. If you believe. If you don't believe, then it makes no sense to you. No sense at all. But we're going to learn as we go on. There's a lot of information here. Just for the sake of brevity, I'm going to just keep on going. We see it comes from God. But this is one we're going to look at. I'm going to take this and we're going to start reading because the preaching starts when we get to when we learn seven unique things. But Daniel tells us it's for the time. And we will learn seven things in a minute. But the book of Revelation, of course, is 22 chapters. I don't read no significant that. But these chapters are broken up. As we're going to see, you start reading Revelation. And you start seeing he's going along, going along. We have the seals coming along. And all of a sudden, there's a break. And he talks about something else. And we're going to see that. The main chapters are 1 and 6. And then all of a sudden, we have a pause and a change again. Another perspective. Then we pick it back up again. 15, 16, 20, 22. But meanwhile... I could like kind of learn it's like a story in a story. As we're reading Revelation, 
and all these judgments, all of a sudden, we're over here looking at the woman and the beast, or all of a sudden we're looking at the woman and the child. We're going to see that's, of course, Israel. So Revelation's kind of going like this. It's kind of going in and coming back, and going in and coming back. And the timeline's tough to figure. I haven't quite arrived there yet. You know, hopefully as we get going, we will see. But some of the things we're going to see is it, it is this subchapter, and it is divided. And with that, I'm going to read Revelation chapter 1. So turn in your Bibles, Revelation chapter 1. We're going to go through the whole thing. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servant things which must surely come to pass. And he sent and signified by his angel, and unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things which he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, problem understanding and they that hear the words of the prophecy God blesses your ears and your eyes oh, this prophecy I'm sorry and keep reading and keep those things which are written for the time is at hand John to the seven churches which are in Asia grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And this is something we, and let me stop here. Are we, are we not baptized? I'm sorry, I grew up Baptist, and one thing I learned from my girl, my thing, we say, Amen. So every time I come reading, I'm going to stop. And I want to hear you say Amen because you need to practice. Because you know what? Pastor be saying, preacher be saying some good things, and we sit there like this. Almost like Ezekiel. He said, The people that come, they love to hear the word. They sit there, and we love to hear it. Oh, we listen to it. Nothing happens. Participate. Say amen. amen. You know why? John says amen. Not only did he say amen, he says amen twice. One time. So, every time we read amen from here on and out, I'm going to stop and wait till I hear amen. Behold, verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. There you go. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle, which is called Patmos, for the word of God. For the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice. As of a trumpet. Saying. I am Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. And that which thou seest. Write in the book. And send it to the seven churches. Which are in Asia. Unto Elmira. And unto Smyrna, And unto Pergamos. And unto Thyatira. And unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, 
and under Laodicea. And I didn't read that wrong. I know it's Ephesus. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden lamps. Seven, seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and the girt about the paps, with a gold belt girt wrapped around him. His head and his hairs were like wool as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. Wow, that's our Jesus. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Is there any other response? And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I'm kind of weak. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. And the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. That's easy. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. But we're going to find in time, we're going to read a lot. But now here's where we start digging in. We're going to see seven different things. And we saw that last slide. We had seven, seven, seven trumpets, seven bowls, seven vials. Seven. It's just seven runs rampant through Revelation. In fact, it starts, it is seven years, which is a continuation of the 70th week. But what we're going to learn about this book, we're going to see seven things about this prophecy. And it is prophecy. It's going to present Jesus Christ in all his glory. We start with the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's an unveiling. The titles that Jesus has I want to go through a few of these. Some of the names that Jesus has. You know, we see Revelation 1.5. He starts out, he says, I am who is a faithful witness. You know what a faithful witness is? It's just that, a faithful witness. But who were God's witnesses back in the day? The prophets. They were faithful. What they said came to pass. What they said was true. Everything Jesus has ever said has come to pass. When Jesus sat down, and we'll, we'll get through that in Matthew 24, when we should, about the Olivet Discourse, and they're sitting down, at the, and Jesus just sat there and made a statement. He said, not one stone is going to fall upon him. Every one of these stones, not one of them is going to remain standing. And that, that temple was huge. Those stones, we've been there. We've seen the foundation stones. One of the, the largest stones in the world is there. How did they do that? I don't know. They don't know. Yet nevertheless, those stones were huge. 
They're massive. I mean, there's stuff bigger in this room. We went down the tunnel and you look up at them and, you know, as far as you can see, up the same stone. And they're square, stacked one on the other. That was the foundation, but on top of the temple, Jesus said not one stone would be left in the standing. His word came true. So when he gave that, then he starts tailing down the other, all of it, discourse, the rest of it, you know, with the Gentiles and all. And we'll go through that when the time comes. But we're going to see his name. He's a faithful, he's a He's the first begotten of the dead. First of the dead. Very first. Not to bring all of us. Verse 8, he says, I'm Alpha and Omega. Again, beginning and the ending. He tells us again, he's the first and the last. Let's go back to the, at the end. The last thing that Jesus says in the book of Revelation, he says in Revelation 22, 16, Jesus, I've sent my angel to testify these things. I am the root and the offspring of David. But what is the root of David? All the messianic promises. How many of you know King David is going to be reigning on the throne? Ruling. I mean, literally, physically. David is going to be sitting on the throne, ruling over us. How many of you believe that? Ever read Ezekiel? Who's the prince of Ezekiel? We'll see the prince of Ezekiel. All the promises of David. For out of thy loin, Jesus is on the root. Nothing with the root. He's a branch. He's a stem. I mean, he starts out a stem, a root, becomes a stem. Then he's, behold, my servant, the branch of Zechariah. So we're going to see some of these names that come to Jesus because they exalt him. They lift up Jesus. I mean, they praise him just over the names that he had. King of Kings, Revelation 19, 16. If you see this list, I highly advise you to go down sometime. But there's another one. See those numbers keep coming up? 28 times he's called the Lamb. Lamb. The Lamb. Our Lamb. Well, Mary had a little lamb. He became the Lamb of God. We're going to see that it just presents Jesus in all of his glory. We're going to see that proclaims the glorious return of Christ. Then we come down in verse uh, 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. You know, Jesus is coming back. You believe that? Amen. Do you? Yeah. Are you living like it? Do you wake up in the morning? Yes, sir. Uh, for example, so here in verse 7, when he says, this is because there's his coming, when it says, um, in the church's uh, rapture, uh, it's a different coming because he's going to basically rapture the church and it's like a thing in the night. But this is a second coming, right? This is not referring to that. Yeah, this is the second coming. Right. Yeah, okay. this isn't the rapture because, again, we're going to see, again, Revelation is, is complicated, but it's like the prophets. Because remember, the Bible says the prophets, and remember in Hebrews, they wrote these things they didn't even know what they're writing about. They desire to know they're writing and they don't even know what they're saying. Why? Because we saw in Daniel it was sealed, it was closed. And yet they're saying the exact same thing. The exact same thing. Jesus was telling members with his disciples how he's going to come again. But now the Bible's just giving us a little more specific detail. Because this is, see, John's giving us a summary here. There's this first chapter that is about Jesus that God did give him. And I'm, love to take time because we remember in John when he says I came I don't do my doctrine remember the Pharisees came to him who sent you where did you, where did you get this doctrine from well, I love that 
I learned this from just side note, you know, rabbit trail. One of the best things you ever do when people ask you stupid questions, ask them just like Jesus did. He goes, well, I got one question for you. David's son, who was it? See, the Bible tells us to avoid foolish and unearned questions when people are trying to, you know, does their rock too big God can't lift? He's holding up the whole world, isn't he? So answer your question, no. But when they ask you a foolish question, fire one back at them. Because that's what Jesus did. When they weren't sincere, when they're trying to bait you or use the word of God for some ulterior motive and you sense that, ask them a question. Right, let me ask you a question. If you were to die today, you just turn it right back on. So anyway, that's what I just did, side note. But what's going to happen here? He says, he cometh with clouds. Clouds are symbolic of the angels. We're going to see that all through the years. Not every time. Sometimes clouds represent blessings. There should be showers of blessing. We'll see the former and the latter rain. There's times clouds are just clouds. But generally in Revelation, clouds represent the angels for the most part. We'll know when we come. But I like this one, man. Every eye shall see him. You know, the Bible also says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, Every eye is going to see him. But God just to live you know, how's God going to do that? See, we want a foolish question. Well, we got CNN and we got them. And then, I don't know. But I know that the Bible, he said that lightning flash when he's in the West, it will happen. But not only that will it happen, it says, even Pacific, and they also which pierced him. Well, that was down, last I checked, there was only one guy with a spear. That one long man is going to see Jesus. Now, I like, I, you know, if that man was saved, I don't know, but I know the centurion was. Because remember the centurion, when he saw all the darkness, the veil, the earthquake, when he saw dead bodies walking around, he said, truly, that was the Son of God. So he saw. But if you say, how are we going to see? Well, do you remember the story of the rich man in Lazarus? Where was that rich man at? Yeah. Basically, he's in hell. What did he see? That Lazarus? This one I saw Lazarus, but the last time I was alive, he was down here begging. How does he see Lazarus? With his eyes. Who did else he see? Hold on a second. He saw Abraham. See, God's going to make him. God's going to see. How he does it, I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, brother, I, I, I think when we talk about Pearson, he's referring to the Jews. Because if you go back to Acts 2, 22, 23, they're the ones that crucified him, right? In essence. Well, yeah. It, it's symbolically, right? absolutely. Huh? Symbolically, absolutely. Because Zechariah tells us, they shall mourn when they look on me whom they had pierced. When he comes, they're going to look. So yeah, come be some mourning. But see, it said every eye. That is right down to every person that ever lived on this earth. Every person on this earth. Because what's the... What's, what are we here for? The glory of Jesus. What's everything about? The glory of Jesus. Over and over and over. It's all about him. So he's telling us, every island and all kindreds. And that word kindreds, that's every ethnic group under the sun. We're gonna, you're going to see this term. We're going to see nations, kindreds, tribes. Well, ain't that saying the same thing? No, because it's saying it different. Nations are nations. America... Africa or you know Guyana, whatever country. But then you have kindreds, which certain ethnic groups, but then you have tribes right down to the Pacific. 
So we're going to see God uses this term interchangeably. But as we can see that it presents Christ in all of his glory, and it proclaims the glorious return of Jesus Christ. We're going to see Christ coming back as we see this. And if you look in, um, I quoted it out there, Thessalonians. And you who are troubled, rest with us. First, Second Thessalonians 1 7. And you that are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. See, the Bible tells us he's coming with clouds. He's going to come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance. God's wiping out the earth. We're going to see it's going to be horrible. It's just going to be absolutely horrible. The, the, the stuff that faces mankind. But why? Taking vengeance on them that know not God. What the Bible tells us when they knew God. There's not one person ever lighted this earth. Because the Bible says he lighted every man that comes into the world. How? Sometimes we don't know. We all guess and speculate. But you said the heavens are clad in glory of the Lord. Firmly showed his handiwork. Night and the night are to speak. Day. There's nobody that doesn't know God made the heaven and earth. Nobody. Nobody. We all know it. We just deny it. But back on the thing. Thessalonians that obey not God, and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't want to get saved. They don't want him to rule over. They don't want nothing to do with Jesus. And what's going to happen to them? Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. They're going to get their wish, and that's a sad part. Jesus cried over these people, and we should too. And from the glory of his power, they're going to have nothing to do with it. Remember, Abraham said to Lazarus, and I've used this a numerous of times. This was, he didn't come all the time. You know, the guy was describing his own torment, but the greatest torment soon remember now a lifetime. You receive the good thing in Lazarus' tongue, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. See, they didn't want nothing to do with the Lord. Thessalonians getting now. Second Thessalonians 7, what, 8. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints, and to be admired in all them that believe because of our testimony. That's what it's all about. In the condensed version, 2 Thessalonians, almost sliding it all down. The vengeance, the day of the Lord. Who's that to? The people that don't want nothing to do with God. And they're going to get separated from God, all right, for all eternity. But see, we're going to see the other thing. We're going to see in three, it prophesies tells us of the future. It tells us the things that's going to happen. It's going to show us things. Because why? The Bible says, keeps telling us again and again. The things that must shortly come to pass. Well, how short is short? Christ was crucified 30 AD. Here we are in 2022. Doesn't sound too quick to me, huh? Let's see how You've heard this saying before, a day is the Lord's a thousand years. If we use that simple arithmetic, that's only a couple of days. God's standard. For us, it's our whole life. But God tells us in the things we're going to show in, in, in Revelation 2, in one of the church, be remembered, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, repent. Do the first works. Now come quickly. He's coming quickly. We're still waiting, are we not? Over and over again under the churches. He kept using that line, Behold, I come quickly. Go take the crown. But you know how Revelation ends with that invitation. Behold, come quickly. 
Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of the book. Remember Revelation 22 and the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, come. God's invitation is always there. But this word that we see, things must shortly come to pass. You know, and I'm going to try to still Greek it. I, I don't know Greek. I'm like, mm. but you know, I found between Greek and Hebrew that sometimes you you pull out the meaning. You just it's like just drawing out fresh water. And all of a sudden, you start seeing, read a word, and you see what the word really means, what God imparted, and he pulls it out. And we're going to see that time and kind of what the word means is. If you, if you look at your list, look, look, what's the as you look at the Greek equals, what's the one word you can see there? Can you guys make it out yourself? The one first word. four letters? One verse. No, and number three on the outline. Oh, number three. Number, I'm, 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 one, two, three, we're on prophesying events. Oh. Things which must shortly come to pass. It's Greek equal, but you see the word taxi. That's exactly what it means. What's a taxi for? To summon, come get you. But it's a word that means it's going to come quickly. It's short, it's hurried, it's come. It's speedily. It's going to happen. How many times Jesus said he's going to come as a thief in the night? How many times did he tell us that the kingdom of God is like a king that received his kingdom and he went away and his servants are to do what? Occupy till he comes. The parable of the talents. He gives some, some, gives some. Other people ain't got the time of day for Jesus. So they just bury it in the book. They just, they don't read the Bible. They ain't got time for God. Just like that, before we know it. See, so we're going to see that that's what the word means. It's quickly, hurriedly, swift, speedily. Yet 2,000 years later, here we are. But the word is used a few times through Scripture. <coughs> Remember when Peter was in jail? See, that reference there in Acts 12? When Peter was in jail and the angel came and kicked him. Hey, Peter, get up! Rise up quickly! And his chains fell off. Same word. Instantaneous. But when? Today? This I say, and I say unto you all, watch. See, we're going to see number four. It pictures futures events, the symbol of them. And that's every time we read this statement, we keep reading it again and again and again. When he says in verse eight, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. So that's it. We cover them all. But look at verse, the rest of it. Say it the Lord. Revelation 1 8. Which is, that's right now. That's the here, the now, this moment. Remember, that's what this book is written about. Which is, and which was. Well, that's back then. That's back yonder. That's the law of prophets. <coughs> and which is to come. You know what else should be here? Remember the Bible says Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever. God is in all aspects of time at the same time. And that is one I'm, I'm not even trying to comprehend my little, little brain figured out now. Remember the Bible says in Revelation, thus saith the high and lofty one that have its eternity. We believe that God is everywhere at once and we And God says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are past finding out. I just believe this. How Jesus is and was. Well, we're going to see in time, I'll get to some verses later in Isaiah, when God makes a statement, I declare the future as it has already happened. And God does. 
And we're going to see this in time because he keeps telling us because he wants us to remember not to forget. He is, he was, and he will be. His word was true back then. His word is true right now today. And everything he says is going to be true for tomorrow. See, and so we're going to see that. He's just going to keep emphasizing, I am, I am, I is, I was, I was. Me being silly. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to go off. And then it proclaims in verse four. We see again. We see we see forty-four times. One thing we're going to see again and again. And watch this. I was in this. Pick up on verse ten. Where I'm at line four now. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Heard behind me a great voice of the trumpet. I wanted to blast the trumpet. But he says, "I am Alpha Omega." What thou seest, right. Now, what happens the first thing he sees? Because first he heard, see, it's always a key. You've got to be careful in Revelation. And I heard behind me a great voice of trumpet. See, we automatically think of trumpet, but it doesn't say that. It says, as a trumpet. John's trying to describe things that are indescribable. How do you describe the glory of God? Well, there's a cloud, there's a so he uses a little analogy. And you have to be careful in Revelation. That's where most people really go wrong. Is they don't see. You see. He has all these visions. He says, I, John, saw. I saw. What did he see? He heard behind him as a trumpet. Now watch verse 12. I turned to see the voice. You ever see a voice? I haven't. How you describe that? And speak with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. This he saw. That actually happened. There's seven candlesticks. And being turned, I saw. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, real careful. Now it's italic, but one like. See, one like. How do you describe them? Unto the Son of Man, clothed with garment, down to his foot, girded about with paths of golden girdle. That's Christ our high priest. He's dressed in a high priestly outfit in a way. His head and his hairs were white as like wool. Don't say that wool. Just like. And we're going to see in Daniel, the ancient of days, has the same description. And his feet like undo. Again, we have to be careful. Time and time again, you read right past the, the type, the analogy, and it's showing. It's not the trouble. It's like a trouble. It's the sound of many waters. What does that sound like? I don't know. Wow. Wow. But I don't sidetrack. I just, every time I think of waters like that, remember when Jesus said, out of their bellies you'll flow rivers of living water? Mm -hmm. And I, was, I think it was Swindoll said it, but I always heard that only brooks babble. And what that means, see, what Christian, you're a Christian. How do you let flow rivers of living water? What the word of God should just flow out of you. Should be part of it. It's a natural. But when was the last time you heard a river? You ever been around a river? You ever hear a river? Anyone ever hear a river? No. They're there. They just move water and they're quiet. But you boy, you be out in the woods. You ever been out in the woods? You can hear you can hear a stream. That's why brooks babble. They have no depth. They just shallow water. They make a lot of noise. Yeah, so I digress. Back to Revelation. And verse 16. And he had in his right hand. See, now this one, that's not an analogy. See, this one is real. He had in his right hand seven stars. 
and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Well, it's digressed there. Anybody know what a two-edged sword is? Symbolically, what does the scripture call it? Very good. That's exactly why. Every time you almost read the sword of Jesus, where's it at? Is it in his hand? Yeah, he's holding it with his teeth. Big old sword come out of it. No. No, because it's the word of God. Who's the word of God? See, here's how we take an analogy, how we take these likenesses and how you interpret them. See, in his right hand, seven stars. What the heck are those? You know something? Never forget this. And we're going to see this. No scripture is of a private interpretation. I'll quote that back later in prophecy. Every scripture you read, there's going to be another scripture to back it up. If you don't find another scripture, then somehow it's a literal sense. Yes? So, sorry, uh, got here a little late, but so are you doing like an overview, a high-level overview, and then you uh, yeah. eventually go back and then dissect uh, it? For chapter one right now, so I'm just trying to, what this book is about. Oh, what so Revelation's so. about. So we're kind of an overview, and I, I wanted to break down the chapters, but so I haven't even got out of chapter one. That's the problem. This book is just so rich. I can't even begin to tell you how much stuff just fell down that just want to babble out of my mouth. This book is so wonderful. So, but so it's you not, want to go back with the John and kind of like go back? From, yeah, as we go in time. But again, I'm limited by time because of the, you know, I don't have four and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I got, I'm going to get about four, you know, eight weeks or so. So try to get through Revelation eight weeks. That's tough. But I'm trying to maybe two chapters a day. Good luck. But God will give it to us. But see, what we're going to see in verse 4, we see these analogies. And so we, we see how to interpret Revelation. That there's a lot of analogies that we have to be very careful with the word. It's just so easy to miss. And that's why people come up with some of the, some of the stuff I've read. It's just downright weird. But I always learn with God, God's not here to confound us. God's not trying to confuse us. Jesus said, I reveal all things to you. Jesus we just ask. Every time the disciples asked Jesus, did he or did he not expound to them? Every time there was a question, Jesus always answered them and explained the scriptures. As we saw in Luke, that Jesus opened up their mind and reasoning so that they would see. But either way, let's continue on. It puts emphasis on angels. So we've got to be careful with like and as. Similarly, we, as I put the numbers here, we see over 65 times as. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a, he's like a, he's like a. Now, verse 5. It's a ministry of angels. Boy, if we ever learn anything about angels, it's right here. Remember Jesus said, I can call 10,000 angels right now. Remember when Jesus was in the garden? The Bible says he's praying. Angel came to minister to him. I mean, the cura created, helping the creator. Bible tells us clearly we're not puffed up with men and being, even though if an angel of God comes and tells us, we don't listen to what they say. But he just tells us again in this book, we'll see 74 times we have angels and angels and angels. And, and see, people get confused because there's times angels are used, the word means messenger. It's just, it's a messenger. There's times all of a sudden, there's people that would it sounds like it used the word angel, but we can tell it's not a created angel being like a anointed cherub. So, knowing that's in context of messenger, but we're going to see again, over and over again. He said it by his angels seven times. But you know what we got to learn about angels? All the angels worship him. All the angels. 
Remember when the Bible says angels came and ministered to him? And for the effort of time, because I got it, I'm done. The Bible tells us in the Hebrews, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth and minister to them? Salvation. Minister. Minister to them. Let's hit six and hopefully you study this, you know. It places emphasis on church's response to show his service. This message is for us. This is for you. This is for me. Now. It's for right now, today. The things that are, when he says, he keeps telling us, things that are. It promises to look at number seven. Great blessing, too. Again, wonderful. Seven Beatitudes. We, you guys ever studied Beatitudes? You know, Pastor, the very first sermon I ever preached after I got saved, I still remember. Carl Lesson Home, Pine Street. Matthew, uh, preach on the Beatitudes. Very first sermon ever. Bible ends with that. Blessed. He that readeth. He saw that. You've been reading? Blessed. 1 3, they read it. 14 13, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. You say death is dying? That's for us, brother. That's us Christians. How are we going to overcome? 16, blessed he that watcheth and keepeth guard. Hey, how's your Christian life? How are you being blessed? You want to know why you don't have joy? You want to know why you don't have joy? We're going to see that in the churches because you take your eyes off the Lord and you forget these things. Blessed, verse 19, blessed are they that are called to the marriage supper. You going to heaven? Huh? Many are called. You were chosen. 26. Blessed and holy he to keep it. That have part of the first resurrection. It's almost redundant. And yet, do you want to be in that second resurrection? Ooh, not me. Second resurrection, not good. Verse 22, 7. Blessed is he that keepeth the words. Hey, do you obey the word of God? Are you? Are you obeying the word of God? Finally, 22, blessed are they that wash their robes. How do you keep? Remember Jesus that night when he was washing his disciples? Right before they left, remember when he was washing their feet? Peter, ah, oh, wash all of me. Jesus said, no, 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 no. You just need a little cleansing from time to time. How's your cleansing? The Bible tells us this prophecy. I'll give you an example. You see, over 400 quotes and illustrations. There's just a couple of them. But there's, there's probably more than 400. I mean, I've heard different numbers, but there's the book of Revelation is literally Old Testament quoted out for us. But we finally end with this one. There's only one way. There's only one. The Bible's going to tell us again, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, who overcomes. John 1, 5, we close with this. Look in the Bible so you can read along here. For whosoever Last time I checked, whosoever will let them come. The spirit of the bride say, come. Whosoever will let them drink of the water. Isaiah, ho ye that are thirsties, come. But we don't. But whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. The world. You want victory? You tired of this world? No. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. All back to the book. Who, who is he that overcometh the world? Who? Devil? No. Pope? No. Sure ain't going to be them 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. 
Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, there's only one way to overcome. And they're going to have to die. And we're going to see that in Revelation. As I go on, next week I'm going to try to move it on. But we'll just see where we go. We'll see where we end up. I thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. If you have any questions, again, feel free to ask them. Pastor's in the back. Thanks. He's glad to meet with you. <laughs> I think we'll make a little suggestion box. But no, really, if you have questions, because there's so much I just can't expound. And I'm sorry, there's just more to this book. But with that, we're just going to have to close because the clock ticks and time is up. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness. Father, we thank you for this book. We thank you for the blessings that you said we will have. We thank you that you give us the faith in Jesus Christ. And Lord, if there's any here that know thee not, Father, I pray that even though they may have years upon earth, Lord, but Father, let them know that the only way to overcome is through the blood of the Lamb, and that they need faith in him. And even now, Father, we thank you. We ask for the message coming forth. Give Pastor great utterance. Give him great liberty. Give us ears to hear what you will say. And for this, we thank you. And we praise you.